Welcome to the Transformation Cafe with your host, Robin Misevich. Transformation Cafe, a weekly half hour of light, topical conversation about health, wellness, happiness, personal growth, spirituality, and other insights. We're glad you're here. Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul. Now, let's get started and introduce our diners for tonight's show. Well, hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Transformation Cafe. I'm your host, Robin Masevich, and we are in the Cafe Book Club. We are doing the Book of Joy with the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And I will go ahead and get my co-host, Miss Amy Frost. How are you this evening? Money. Money, money, money. Is that what we're talking about today? Money? No, we're talking about being generous. <laughs> Generosity, you know that money. Money definitely could be a component of that, but I don't know if it's all about. I don't know if it's all about just at the cashola, if you know what I'm saying. I don't, but I guess I'll find. Yeah, we're okay. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we're talking about generosity tonight, and it's actually the last of our um, eight pillars, and it's one of the heart pillars. It's the fourth pillar for the heart. I think that's just so great. Right off the bat, with the generosity. Uh, one thing that it says is our joy is enhanced when we make someone else happy. And, you know, it's said, you know, Archbishop talks about, you know, our book says that it's, it is giving, it is in the giving that we receive. And boy, when it comes to when I call the show tonight, enhancing your joy factor. And there's, we're actually going to talk a little bit later in the show about three different ways, three different kinds of generosity, which I thought was really, I hadn't even thought about that before, which I thought was really good. So it's really moving into really looking at generosity, hopefully in a, in a more bigger and broader way. And we know we've talked about generosity on the show before, or sometimes with our New Year's resolutions and things like that. Some of it, sometimes just in the power of giving, there's always the, the power of receiving. And having it being something you can't really give or receive without having the, you know, having it being reciprocal and moving in that direction. So what did you think overall about the the chapter, Aim? Well, they did such a great job of bringing in, again, the the way our brain works and, and taking us and kind of flipping it upside down because it's not all about money, but going to say our page 264, uh, the, the beginning, the second paragraph, he says, generosity is often something that we learn to enjoy by doing. It is probably for this reason that charity is prescribed by almost every religious tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love it, you know, right off the bat, too, we get into the science. There's um, like four or five different things that really surprise me about that. And so it says that generosity is so important in all the world's religions because it's no doubt expressing the fundamental aspects of the interdependence in our need for one another. And they've, they've found through research that when you're being generous, um, it actually lights up, you know, through your, your reward centers, your brain actually lights up and it's just, you know, it's basically the stronger of when you're giving. I mean, when you're, yeah, when you're giving, you actually are receiving, uh, you know, it's, it's like a natural high to be, be giving to people. And I thought that was very interesting about, um, gosh, it just can go to so many ways of looking at it, but it also shows that, you know, that there's long-term well-being that happens when you just really have a place of seeking to be generous and actually coming from a place of service and, and just helping people. It says it significantly increases the protective antibodies with your um, immunoglobins uh, and a protein that's used for the immune system. So it seems that, you know, money can buy happiness, but if we spend it on other people, 
um, with researcher Elizabeth Dunn and her colleagues found that experience the greater happiness is spending in the money actually on other people. It decreases your blood pressure. They did an experiment with a, a bunch of elders and they asked them, you know, to go ahead and, and be helping another person. And they found that their hypertension went down. They, you know, like, and they had decreases in the blood pressure and they, um, they just had just a better sense of well being with their different things that they had going on. So that was really surprising to me. Well, you know, over and over again, every pillar, there's some kind of a health benefit to these different things that really ultimately help with the joy factor that we're talking about. Joy really does bring us wellness. Joy really does bring us a sense, a sense of peace and a, and a sense of just gratitude. You know, gratitude is the attitude when it's, you know, some of the highest vibrational energies that we have on the planet. And, you know, when you look, even from just a spiritual perspective, it's, it's just something, you know, you do unto others if, as you would have them do unto you. And boy, that sure shows how it benefits people when you can seek to be positive, seek to be serving, seek to be in a place of and just giving from an open and joyous heart. So anything else with that, Amy? I just thought that was really interesting. Well, I, I really want to highlight, I don't know if this point really came across, the, the, the research that uh, Richard Davison and his colleagues had done, and they talked about, uh, you know, the reward system of the brain lighting up when you, when you give even more so than when you receive, which I thought was really mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know that people really would believe that that's the case. So that's why it's interesting to have, you know, the research that goes along with it. And it does really, you're really good for, you know, so many things, like you're saying health and your glubagloppins or whatever the heck those things are. Like, yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> happy cells. They're just happy cells. And, you know, and in terms of generosity, yeah, money, of course, people think when you think of generosity, that money is really important. And money is a good thing. But, you know, I've worked in the, the nonprofit world for a very long time. And I work a lot with organizations and money, certainly you have to pay the rent and all that stuff. But I think the most important part of taking care of others, especially in a, you know, in a nonprofit environment, is bringing people to the table that have amazing gifts, and we all do in one way or another, but bringing their gifts to the table and, and the donating mm-hmm. of, of their time and their gifts, not just, you know, and it's great, you know, when people come in and make sandwiches, but... If you're a marketing expert and you come in and help a cause with your marketing skills, which it can help help more puppies, help more veterans, help help more causes. So I think that's something that with generosity that I think we're really starting to tap into. I know here in Las Vegas we have a huge retirement population, and they're not done yet. And so, and I think, and certainly, you know, a lot of them may have money, and that's great. But what I really encourage people to do, if you want to donate money, that's cool. And what the, the most important gift you can probably give and be generous about is using your wisdom, using your gifts. Uh, there's a fellow, um, Toys for Smiles. He is retired. He was a manufacturer. He was making tractors, I think. And what he loves doing woodworking. So what he does now is uh, he makes Toys for Smiles, and he creates these wooden cars of all different kinds. And he's got a, an organization, nonprofit, where that's what they do. And they, not only for children, but they'll go into, you know, to nursing homes and hospitals and take these toys. And so it's really about him taking his generosity to a whole new level. Yeah, because they're, you know, right along with all this, all this other research, it's showing, you know, that a lot of the things that they've found through, through all this stuff is the importance of just having a sense of purpose. 
And here we're really talking about, you know, no matter what you've got going on, you know, whether you really have a love for woodworking or marketing or whatever you have when being able to have that, it's, you know, it's about how we how we feel needed by others and valued by others. So it's just like how we can really take our gifts and talents and being able to put them out into the world. And boy, on some levels, I think that's just priceless about, you know, just the impact you could have on another person. You just can't, you can never know how that's going to be a ripple that really goes out into the world. You know, they're saying that there's a high sense of, when you have a high sense of purpose, it correlates with at least 23% reduction in death for all causes because it's a sense of like, I'm here and I make a difference. And I know the Dalai Lama has said that before that, you know, when you, when you're feeling bad or you're feeling like, you know, what am I going to do with my stuff? He says, go and help someone else. Because in helping that other person and really, you know, with your gifts and talents, whatever that is, it really just can lift you up in ways you can't even imagine. So, you know, it says people with a sense of purpose um, were half as likely to develop Alzheimer's after the seven years of when they were doing the research. Stop for a minute and be with that. Half Mm -hmm. as likely to develop Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It's very huge. Just think of all these people that, you know, have had had that occurrence when it comes to sense of, you know, just with with uh, aging generations, you know, depending on where you are with a culture. Do you value the wisdom of an older person or are you basically going to put them in a care home and walk away? I mean, you know, depending on what these people have. And once you're in that care facility, unless you can find something with a sense of being able to continue your gifts and talents, it's just like, why am I here anymore? You can totally see why. That would be something where it'd be developing where you're losing a sense of yourself. So, you know, it's that being generous with our time that seems to just, you know, equally be profound for our health as well. And like I said, again and again, in all these different pillars, we're just finding that over and over again. So I just think it's really um, uh, supporting and liberating to know that, you know, one thing, too, that the Dalai Lama always says when it comes to just all these different aspects of being able to be generous and receiving and all that is, you know, not allowing someone to take your joy because that's such a precious gift that each of us have that we can share with another person and ultimately be able to have for our self-care and, and just loving ourselves and being able to have that be just the goodness that we can all hold within ourselves and then being able to share with others. It's so important. Well, and coming back to um, sorry, page 266, this last paragraph where they, they talk about this uh, large meta analysis that was conducted. They said they found that volunteering reduces the risk of death by 24%. That's, mm-hmm. again, that's another really big number. And a little bit further, it says compassion and generation are not just lofty goals. They are the generosity. Of our mm-hmm. that, that what makes our lives joyful and meaningful. And so mm-hmm. it, it's really, if you stop about it, you know, what is the point in living anyway, right? Say, so what if you, you know, the risk of death to drop by 24%, but if you're not living your purpose, who would care, right? I mean, and, and it, 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 it's hard to get out of bed in the morning if you don't feel like you really care about something. At least in my experience, a good friend of ours, I just, I got a call from her today, and she, she lost her beloved husband, who was an amazing, amazing man. We all loved him. And they had an amazing relationship, and um, they, they're older. And she uh, has been kind of been in hiding since his death, which I understand. And she she, uh, called me today out of the blue and said she's ready to go do volunteer work. And she's going to do some volunteer work in the nursing home where her husband had been. 
and she was going to do some uh, work in the community uh, uh, closet where they bring uh, clothes and things that people need. And I really, I think that's really good. She's so, and she's going to do traveling, so she's going to find that balance. But I think she really realized, well, I know she did, that this was going to help her in that grieving process and re-entering the world. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful. That's so great. You know, we're here. We're talking about you know being able to be a purpose and and you know just finding something that you really want to be serving. Um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu talked about in the Black Township in South Africa, and there was a situation where a lot of the children that are orphaned, um, uh, including the HIV children, once they find out they have that, that nobody really wants to take them on. And there was a woman there that found that you know started seeing this as as this occurrence was happening, and she decided just to pick up, you know, in a three-bedroom room, every child that she could find that had that condition that basically they were orphaned and nobody wanted to help them. And, she, gosh, she ended up having about 100 kids in this three-bedroom room, uh, I mean, three-bedroom house. And um, people just started noticing that she had all these children and that she was trying to help them. And the next thing you know, people are... Um, supporting her with finding, you know, making a little dormitory for the kids and bringing food and, you know, presto, pretty soon she's, she's got a home and she's being a legendary figure. And it wasn't because she was trying to be famous. It was basically, she just saw this need and her material in- instincts just said, you know, this won't do. I can't have this. I can't live with myself and see that these children are being overwhelmed by these circumstances that really are out of their, you know, their hands pretty much. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of thinking that, you know, you have nothing and that all of a sudden just through her generosity of her heart and wanting to just open up and being able to hold on to these kids that people started to notice and really make a difference for, you know, all those children. Josh, can you just imagine they were talking about, um, the author, um, Douglas, um, Abrams was saying that he had gotten invited to go there. Um, and he's just said that the, the older kids are holding the younger kids and it's just this loving place now. That really had been, uh, gosh, can imagine if they'd never, if she'd never had it in her heart to want to be contributing and making a difference. And just a sense of purpose, like, you know, this won't do. I need to do something about it. And having it being something that just, just on its own organically just evolved to a place where, you know, people were out of their own hearts and it could give them a, a vehicle where they could be generous and being able to help kids. So I just think it was just a wonderful story. You know, it, it, she says, so it's not the wealth and the status. These are neutral. It's our attitude. It's what we do with them that is so important. We say it on the very first day. When you become so inwardly looking, so self-regarding, you're going to end up shriveling as a human being. So, you know, just Desmond Tutu was talking about, you know, it's really looking at a sense of purpose and how you want to be giving to the world. Because as you give to the world, you give to yourself. And I think that's just so, so important. So anything else with that, Mame, you wanted to make sure we touch on? Uh, yeah, we'll kind of come back to that, but that, that's, I think that's really important. I do think purpose uh, is tied to your mission and that we're all here to do one. And a lot of times they're, they're, they're multifold. But like you're saying that because she stood in her purpose, other, it caused other people to stand in their purposes, which happened to be linked to hers, which I think is really mm-hmm. amazing. Is, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, kind of how to do that and stand in that. Let's let's look at page two sixty eight, where he mm-hmm. uh, they talk about the Buddhist teaching that there are three kinds of generosity, and they talk about material giving, giving freedom from fear, which can involve protection, counseling, uh, solace, 
and spiritual giving, which in, could involve wisdom, moral and ethical teachings, and helping people to be more self-sufficient and happier. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've really you know, thought about, the, you know, again, we talked about um, the beginning about money and that, how that's one, one type of generosity, but that's, that's only one and so many other forms. Um, and then a little bit further down here on the same page, I, I really want to talk to you about this with your own business. And they talk about we don't have to bring in religion. I mean, it's a secular thing. Companies that are caring of their employee employees are more successful. Well, we pay them so much, and that's the end of the concern for them. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's really about looking at them as people and how I really do believe that when people feel like they're really part of something, that they are more productive and the company is more successful. And they talk about here, the, the Dalai Lama says, it's quite obvious many Japanese companies that are very successful because of the relationship between the employee and the employer. The employees have the feeling that this is my company, so they work wholeheartedly. So let's talk about how you make sense of that in your own business. Well, you know, I'm very much a team player. So, you know, even though I am the owner, um, I look at what I do and, and I really love to just sit down with everybody and say, you know, these events or the situations coming up, how do you think we could be, you know, really making it the best design or working on logistics of like, you know, how are we going to move all these different things and really value everybody's opinion and just bringing it all to the table to see, you know, what's going to work out best. And what I really love is with, you know, family and, you know, some of my friends that come in and help me part-time, they just really do a great job of uh, just really putting things at the table that I might not have even considered or in taking something and actually enhancing it and just modifying it in a way that I never would have thought of so it's just that creativity and ingenuity and and just you know thinking out of the box that I think is just so wonderful and we really all value one another for that and I really think it's one thing that I think is really important with the the people that help me out is we always break bread together so it's important to have a meal and we do potlucks and things like that all the time because it's just a matter of that social stuff and even while we're having lunch you know sometimes we'll we'll break and we'll play cards for a little bit or we'll have some kind of a game that we get out and we actually play a game for 15 20 minutes we'll play like a couple rounds of something just to have that that sense of joy and fun and and just playfulness with one another that isn't you know job focused it's just a matter of like you know who are you and what's going on and why you always have a one thing I love to do is um, before we, we go back to work is we'll basically do a, a moment of gratitude where each one of us will look at each person and say something about them that we appreciate. And gosh, that's just such a great thing that, you know, you forget how how you matter and how people, you know, can how you can impact people. And um, when we do that on a regular basis, it's just so powerful for the for just feeling productive and uh, just like I matter and I'm glad I'm here. Well, in, in terms of generosity, again, you, you pay them as well as you can based on the situation you're in. You do a great job of that. But it's also you're generous with helping them to learn about themselves. You're generous about teaching them new skills and how to grow. You're also generous in the area of helping them to have, have fun and to not be just looked at as somebody making them money. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely agree with that of like, you know, when you're an employer and you basically just say, 
you know, here's your pay and, and, you know, thank you for the amount of hours that you work. You know, they're just going to say, well, I'm, I'm here as long as I'm getting paid. And then other than that, I'm out of here. I can totally see that. And I know on my side, I've, I've experienced that with, you know, working for different companies. So, you know, I really want my, you know, being at the flower shop just to be just this, you know, environment where, you know, it's not just the fact you come and we're, we're participating in something bigger. And I always really want to present to people that, you know, people come in to the shop to, to basically solve some kind of a problem or to be celebrating somebody. And, um, you know, part of our service to the community is helping people to celebrate all the different things they have going on and have the flowers be a part of that expression. And um, a lot of people look at me like, oh, I never thought about it that way. But really, that's how I really feel about it. You know, we're, we're creating these beautiful creations that are basically celebrating people and just with all the different aspects of life that are coming, you know, coming through the door and, and helping people to um, have ways of looking at things, whether it be, you know, a wedding or, you know. Um, some kind of a celebration and, and that can even be somebody passing. You know, we, Amy and I have talked before about how, you know, the wedding, you know, funerals should turn into funerals where we really celebrate people because it's about, you know, how do they impact my life? And, you know, who would I've been if this person wasn't in my life? You know, you definitely can see, you know, just, just the gift of someone and, and how they've contributed to who you are. And I think that's something that we really can come to instead of, you know, yes, it's sad the person's past, but it's also can be this great joy of like, wow, I had that person in my life and what a gift that was, you know, and they continue to be in my life because of, you know, the things I remember and how they've impacted me and how I'm able to impact another person from the way they were being able to be generous with me. So I just think it's a really a wonderful full circle thing that we can have when it comes to gener- being generous. It's just, it's something that continually um, grows and, and, and adds to other things when you, when you're able to just have this openness about things and being generous. Well, I mean, do you think really opening up what, what generosity can be. I think we're, we're hoping to get that definition, you know, wide open now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, we're going to do the exercise and the exercise really kind of walks you through that a little bit. So, um, we've got about, I think that's a good segue just to actually just move into the exercise. So let's move in. Well, let's move into that, but I want to finish up something real quick and then we'll go to that and you can lead us in that. On um, page 271, they talk about, you know, this question comes from Micah in South Africa. She asks, how can you be of service to peep nature and causes in need without losing yourself completely to a, a crisis men- in, uh, mentality? How can you help the world and still find joy in your own life? So if you, on uh, page 273, um, here, here's your answer. Start where you are and realize that you are not meant on your own to solve all the massive problems. Do what you can. It seems so obvious, and you will be surprised, actually, on how it can get done, how it can get to be catching. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You know, it's just, it's just that, you know, yeah, seeking to come from, yeah, seeking to come from a place of purpose and, and just like, you know, Going with just that, you know, that one step forward in being able to do something that can be um, positive for just everybody. I think that's just so great. You know, it's, it's all those little things that actually add up to the big things. So, okay, so let's all just take a breath. Kind of move into the gener- generosity pack, you know, practices here. And, and Amy and I are actually going to be kind of talking through this because it's just kind of something to kind of walk through. 
and being able to look at it. So compassion, as we have talked at, is, you know, it's necessarily but not sufficient. It's this impulses to help another, the actions that follow from the desire of being generous. And generosity practices are so important that they are formalized and even uh, mandated in many other religions. So here's three forms of giving that we've described. That is material giving, the giving of freedom from fear, and spiritual giving. You know, many Christians tithe their income, giving one-tenth of what they earn. And others expand this to the giving of one-tenth in time, talent, and also in treasure. It's in this regular concern for others that we experience the most joy. So if we look at material giving, there's no substitute for helping to lessen the equality and the injustice that is in such an endearing feature in the world. Whether you tithe or give, this is really the beginning of a weekly and maybe even a daily practice of thinking about how you give to others. And, I, you know, we've talked before about the power of journaling and things like that, or even just, you know, taking a, a just a moment in the morning and then even at night and just saying, you know, how was I generous today? How did it, you know, it seemed to make a difference for another person. And if, you know, even thinking on a sub, on a material level, you know, was I able to feed someone? Was I able to offer some kind of material comfort to someone being clothing or something that I had? Um, and it could be really anything when it comes to something on a material level, but just, you know, something that, that, you know, helped to serve another person and make lives easier. So again, you know, it's that daily thinking about it, then being able to give to another. And then giving freedom from fear, you know. Well, wait, Go wait, ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So let's uh, having you say been in the nonprofit world a long time. W- one thing that that I talk to people about is to create a a a giving budget. So know how much are are you going to give during the year, you know, financially. And what mm-hmm. tends to happen is there'll be a crisis somewhere in the world, and people throw all their money at it. And so then mm-hmm. there's no money left for things in their own communities. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what I recommend is you say, I'm, I'm going to spend X amount of money in my community and I'm going to have a slush fund for emergencies around the world or whatever makes sense to you. You know, so you, mm-hmm. so all, all the funding, it doesn't go away because there's a crisis in the world. So um, budget your giving like you budget everything else. And that way it doesn't come out, you know, it's something that you're comfortable giving. And it's much better, I think, to give from that place of comfort rather than, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm suffering because I'm giving. Right, right, exactly. It's a very good point. Thank you for that. That was great. So in number two, it's the giving freedom from fear. You know, and this can involve giving protection, counseling, or solace. So how can we give our time and attention to others who needs to be present today? You know, be it for children, our spouse, our parents, colleagues and friends, or even a stranger on the street may need your compassion and your caring, you know, and to whom can you reach out and support? So I'd love for you to talk about that, Amy, about, you know, when it comes to the giving and, and sharing of yourself, you know, are there limits to that and in, in having it be, to where you you all, you could feel like you're giving your whole self away when it comes to something like that because I mean if we have this whole list of all these people that are seeking to need your attention or to, seeking to need you know your counsel or whatever how do you have a what sense of boundaries I guess in being able to have be have that be helpful to yourself and to others? Well, number one, have a spiritual practice, whatever that is for you. Um, I always have quiet time in the morning. 
And I recommend in between working with people that you do different things to take care of yourself. And um, one a phrase that you need to learn is, this is what I'm willing to do. So you need mm-hmm. to know where your boundaries are before you hit them. And when you're negotiating with people because the need is so great, as I was talking to my friend this morning, it's great that she's going to volunteer at the nursing home and at this community closet, but before she knows it, she's not going to have any time to travel. So you have to say, this is what I'm willing to do, and be clear with yourself and others about what that is. You know, and in knowing that, that that does make an impact and then knowing that it, that is that is helpful and you don't have to be all things to all people. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing on that. So, and then in spiritual giving, you know, you don't have to be a holy man or woman or a spiritual teacher to give in this way. Spiritual giving can involve giving wisdom and teaching to those who um, are needing them. But it can also involve helping others to be more joyful through the generosity of your own spirit. So seek to be an oasis of caring and concern as you live your life. Something simply. It could be smiling at another person as they walk down the street. It can be an enormous difference for the quality of someone's interaction when you're, you know, you're really just out and about and seeing people. And it is this interaction that is most responsible for the quality of our human life on our increasingly crowded and lonely planet in our affluence and still impoverished world. So I think, you know, for me, one way that I love to do that is to smile at people. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Just, you know, um, you know, it's like hold, holding the door for a person, you know, and really seeing them, looking at a person in the eye and really just kind of looking at themselves. And I think uh, sometimes I silently look at people and I bless them. I say, may you be blessed today. You know, may you get, you know, may you have comfort, may you have joy in your life today. And just, you know, wish that for people. And it's it's amazing when you do that because sometimes people look at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, they're not. Yeah, you know, they're like, what do you want? Right? It's like people are like, they're yeah. Scared. It's kind of like, what do you want? But I mean, I'm just like smiling, and I just think to myself, may you be blessed today, you know? And they look at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> so you know, however, however the people take it, they take it. But you know, just send them on their way, and I'm not, I'm not invested in how that's going to turn out. I trust spirit to give them what they need. You know what I mean? So it's a matter of just knowing that, you know, there is joy in the world and it can be, it's in those small, quiet little moments of just sweetness and kindness and, and just being able to be generous in just small ways that really can make a difference. So anything with that, Amy, with your spiritual giving? Uh, you know, just really be defining for yourself what is spiritual for you. And right. I think that's a great exercise and spend some time with that. And then it was like, all right, how, can I promote that in the world? Not from a lecturing place, but being like smiling. If my part of what my spirituality is, is giggling and smiling, then perhaps I need to put that out in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's totally great. Well, as always, 30, 30 minutes just goes super, super fast. So thank you, as always, Miss Amy, for joining us here at the cafe. And next week, we're going to do a wrap up with the Book of Joy. And I think it's a wonderful, actually, there's a, a really wonderful exercise that walks through all the different pillars. And um, we're going to have a great conversation about that and just do some highlights of different things that have been on the show. So we want to thank our international audience for just joining us, as always. And we love your questions and comments. So please keep them coming. And and as always, thank, thank you to um, Andrew for his um, after show, um, getting us all edited and putting out on the air at, at transformation-cafe.com and checking out our bookshop. We've got all kinds of wonderful gifts and ideas and things like that in there. So as always, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time here at the
the Transformation Cafe. Talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Transformation Cafe podcast. To learn more, visit transformation-cafe.com for show notes, guest information, and links to previous shows. You can also subscribe to the Transformation Cafe podcast on iTunes. Join us again next time at the Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul.